0: Hey everybody, welcome to our counterculture podcast for this week. I'm Josh Hill, here with John Wiggins, Alex Cowan, and this week we're talking about the gospel and religious liberty, which is a big one, as is just about every other chapter in this book. I feel like I say that every week, so I almost just shouldn't say it anymore. But um, I'll kick it over to John, and we'll get started talking about what
1: David Platt has to say about religious liberty. So... The beginning of this chapter really hammers in the idea of of freedom of religion uh, and trying to help trying to kind of lay the foundation of if if we believe uh, if we believe in the gospel if we believe in scripture uh, we're going to be a people who are for everyone's ability to choose, make, make the choice of what religion they would like to follow. You know? Uh, and thus, like, uh, you know, making, making it obvious that coercion and manipulation when it comes to religion by the government is not okay. Uh, I think that's kind of the, the foundation that he's starting with here. And just, he's doing that by saying, you know, we we, uh, we believe that everyone... Should have the ability to choose, uh, you know, if they want to follow Jesus or not, and thus that makes sense that everyone, you know, should have that same freedom to choose about every other religion. You know what I mean? So, in every other context, uh, that that um, that seems like the ground, the ground level that yeah. he's that it's he's like talking Asia about here. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, uh, for example. Um,
2: we start off with North the example of North Korea and the example of a place yeah. where that's the most extreme example. Yeah, um, yeah. the extreme example of what happens where there's no religious liberty. They'll kill
1: you for reading the Bible. Yeah, That right, right. that level. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the idea is that uh, we um, we don't we don't think about this uh, because we live in a country where this is the norm. Mm-hmm. and and somewhat all, uh, for the most part always been the case as far as the the belief that people should be able to worship you know freely have freedom to worship whatever they would like uh so um he's kind of pitting that against sort of the he does that he he sort of pits it against the um the the persecuted church somewhat too by saying you know the persecuted church is is uh uh they obviously, not experiencing religious freedom in, in the places that they are in, and so and they're and they're paying the price for 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 that, right? And and so uh, he's sort of saying, well, in light of that, um, how much more so should we be advocates for religious freedom? You know, so there's a tone of that in there as well.
2: Something I've just been, I mean. Annoying Josh and John every time I come back from a Baptist heritage class by sharing some obscure piece of Baptist heritage that I've been learning about. But this is actually interesting. It actually fits with the topic. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. 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 So good. Baptists um, have been at the forefront of religious liberty from their founding. They part of what it meant to be Baptist was the separation of church and state. And the first ever religious liberty plea for pe- all peoples was actually made by Thomas Helwys. who he was a um, the second ever Baptist pastor, um, and he got killed for it, and the person who took his job, the next pastor, just sent in the same letter to King James, and King James killed him as well, <laughs> and he said "You few Baptists aren't allowed <laughs> to have any religious freedom, um, so when those guys came over to America as uh, religious refugees, um, effectively, they the Baptists were all about religious liberty, that they should have the um, ability to not be forced by the state to be Catholic or Anglican um, and to do that in Virginia the Baptists of Virginia got together and they supported, um, who was it, Madison? Who was it, James Madison who signed the constitution with the founding fathers? And James Madison was, the, was one of the many men who signed the constitution. So James Madison was the representative for, from Virginia And he only got voted in because the Baptists voted for him, and his job was to secure religious liberty. Well, he wasn't able to do it at the signing of the Constitution. So when there was the first ever U.S. Senate, James Madison went back to the Baptists, and like a good old politician said, if you vote for me to be the senator from Virginia, I will put an amendment to the Constitution for religious liberty. And the Baptist said, okay, we'll vote for you then. And James Madison went and proposed the First Amendment, which gave religious liberty. And it was the only time anywhere in the world that there was legislation for religious liberty. And it came from the Baptists. Hmm. Good old Baptists. Good old Baptists. We've forward. got some stuff to be ashamed of, but we do have some really good stuff to be proud of. <laughs> and religious liberty is one of them.
0: Yeah. And we see, you know, it, um, Platt talks about the the absence of religious liberty right in this beginning, mm-hmm. talking about North Korea and. You know, as we have talked about other places, but then we see kind of the, the other side of that double-edged sword in which uh, a religion is forced on people. You know, in, in North Korea, it would be a non-religion is forced on people, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or the religion of the politic, as it, as it stands. Um, but, you know, go back to the conquistadors. You know, Any time they conquered a new country, uh, specifically, you know, going into Central America, South America, it was convert to Catholicism or die. Right? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the, the flip side of that, it's, it's, we have genocide either way, you know? If you're going to force people to do something, or force people not to do something, you're going to end up with a lot of blood
2: on your hands either way. And, and through history that's just how it was. Yeah. Um, and really this religious liberty movement, sort of starts at the Reformation almost, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, this movement towards religious liberty. And, um, you know, in America we saw, it's quite controversial, about 10, 15 years ago, there was a mosque that was going to be built in New York City. Yeah. And that was even controversial personal among the Baptists. And uh, yeah. as the Southern Baptist Convention, we actually supported it. Yes. Because the same law that would have stopped them building a mosque could have been used to stop people building a church. Right. And we said, look, religious liberty is for all religions. Mm-hmm. And if you take it away from
1: them, you can take it away from us. So Yeah, I think that's one of the things that you know, is a little misunderstood, maybe even in, in Christian circles, is that uh, we are for religious freedom, uh, you know, for everyone, you, you know, know? And, and, and that gives, that, that helps us to maintain our religious freedom yes. by protecting the religious freedom of even people who disagree with us about yep. Jesus and, right. and other things. And it doesn't mean sure. you have to agree with those people. Far sure. Far
2: from it. You can, right. I, I love you, but you, I think you're completely wrong on that. Sure. But I'm going to believe and fight for your freedom to be able to yeah. worship that way. It, yeah, I mean, there,
0: there's, you're right. The word misunderstanding is good. It's, it's a, there's a thought process that goes on in a lot of people's heads that say, well, can't we just protect religious freedom for Christians? Yeah. And the answer to that is no. <laughs> you, you can't do it. The law has not been written that has not been able to have been flipped. To subsequently attack the
2: group that it was yeah. protecting. If you, don't uh, if you do that, you revert back to what it was, and there isn't a separation between church and state, and the state becomes a sort of Christian institution. Right, and and sanctions,
1: whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think the the next two illustrations, even they're having to do with Christians, uh, but I think they could also um, have to do with you know other religions too. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, example, um, we talk about. A, it, it, he gives two illustrations. One is the photographer yep. uh, who is not wanting to take a, a pictures of a wedding mm-hmm. um, that is a um, same same-sex marriage, and then after that, it uh, you see the the, the situation with um, what was the other illustration Hobby Lobby. yeah, yeah So. Um, the Hobby Lobby yeah. situation, where basically they were saying um, we're not going to, uh should be required to pay for mm-hmm. things that we are that are against our religion mm-hmm. for our employees. So, uh, yeah, and that's probably where we moving forward are going to see
2: this religious liberty debate pick up because. Um, not too many people are saying, well, we don't want you to have the right to go to your church and worship or those type of things, but it's where Christians go into the workforce and meet, effectively, the culture of the world. Where does your liberty exist in that space? I think our culture is trying to now figure that out.
0: And, and what amount of compromise and not... Compromising our principle and not compromising our conviction, but what amount of compromise is Reconcilable or even encourageable? Um Not incorrigible, incorrigible. I don't even know if that's a word um, In order for us to be able to still be in the public square, you know what I mean? Like how do we maintain our conviction and yet be a consistent presence in the spheres in which we are operating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a
2: constant question. Constant. And it's only going to be a growing one as the culture moves more and more away from a sort of Christian Judeo ethic.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, <clears throat> he. he Platt says, you know, the photographer, right, she said no, and then she had to pay for it, right? Mm-hmm. She was, um, she, the court said, violated. Um, this new Mexico Human Rights Act in the same way uh, as if uh, it had refused to photograph a wedding between people of different races. That was the comment there. Which uh, which Platt points out, I think rightly so, that equating ethnic identity with sexual activity is, is problematic. Um, uh, and then he talks about um, this uh, um, uh, kind of what the what the final thoughts were, basically. In the smaller, more focused world, the marketplace of commerce and public accommodation, uh, the Huguenots uh, have to channel their conduct, not their beliefs, so as to leave space for other Americans who believe something different. Um, this, the court said, is the price of citizenship in our country. That's mm-hmm. a scary thought, I yeah. think. Um, because uh, I think that uh, to make that statement is... Um, uh, means that I can't refuse in good conscience refuse business, you know, as I see fit to do so. If it goes against my conscience to do so. Does that make sense? Yeah, they're
2: saying the cost of the cost of citizenship is your conscience. Right. That's the price. mm mm-hmm. Is for you to to say I have to give this thing up that I mm-hmm. believe in or say it's not true when I think it's true. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The um, It says, Elaine is free to exalt her God in church. She is not free to express her beliefs in the business she owns. Yeah. And that's
2: that's different than 30 years ago, 40 years ago, 50 years ago. As our culture moves more and more away Mm -hmm. from sort of a Christian ethic, then, you know, you're free to go to Scott Baptist Church and worship in church and um, sing your heart to God in the Family Life Center, but we just don't
1: want to hear any of that. in... In the workplace. Right, right, right. That's yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. And and then the other example is the Hobby Lobby one where um, it seems a little different. Like the, it swings back a little bit in favor of free exercise you know, of religion in that situation where um, <clears throat> this company doesn't want to purchase these things because it goes against their religious beliefs and so they're not made to do so. They win that case. Um, but uh, I
0: think it's easy too for believers to look at situations like this and to place themselves on one side or the other um, to be able to say oh well this person did the right thing and you know in, in everything that they did, they did the right thing conviction was right, they handled everything the right way the biblical way, etc. Et uh, I'm going to support her and um, stand up for the rights of businesses, which is a fine way to think, cool mm-hmm. But then also, it's easy for for some groups of people who are Christians to say, "Well, I don't know if I would have done it the right way." You know, that's that that same way, you know. I may have handled it a little bit differently. Maybe if she had done this, maybe if they'd done that, wouldn't have turned out this way. Um, or even people, some people saying, "Well, you know, if you're afraid of what you're going to be asked to photograph, maybe don't be a photographer." You know, that kind of thing. It's easy for us to put ourselves on one side or the other of this and to look in on it and say, "Well, if I was doing this." This or that is what I would have done, um, but I think it, it can be a dangerous place of, of kind of putting ourselves in the judge seat of the actions of another believer to be able to to take a stand like that, and to, to just objectively say this is right, this is wrong, because they so it's so subtle and it's so minute in the, the the details of how everything played out. You know, could have been. Christ-like the whole time, and everything that the Huguenots did—that's that would be great. Or it could not have, and it could have been handled incorrectly. It's just impossible for us to put ourselves in the shoes of the exact situation that they put in, put themselves in, or been in, uh, and
2: and take a strong, unshakable stance on it. I suppose. More, more, and more, there will be a cost to pay. I think that's. Well that rightly or wrongly didn't even know they were saying was very wise. Mm-hmm. There's gonna be a price, a cost mm-hmm. um more and more um for believers as we interact with the culture.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Uh, and we might we'll pay a cost that maybe our, our parents and grandparents didn't pay. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There might be some professions that aren't open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh uh, yeah i think it, i think it's a um a defi- a definite example to say hey like you know th- this this is gonna possibly cost you business because it cost you um a career career right yeah. so um so could could come at a cost you know one day to um to christians um I think in this in this situation, you're you you know, um, it, it's it's Christians saying, "Hey, look! Like, in good conscience, this is not what I would what I'm okay doing," you know, and, and, and that's going to come more and more. Yeah, and you know, you're going to see Christians unable to do uh, different things that have thing that, to work. It's that tension because some people, I think, take the wrong aspect, which is, "Well, I'm going to completely withdraw from society." Like, um,
2: for the pendulum's going to swing the other way and, you know, let's go and live in the woods and have our own little commune, mm. and then I don't need to be around any of that. Whereas, you know, as believers, we're called to be in the marketplace. Okay. We're called to be interacting with society. Right. It's just that it's going to carry a, a cost, a price. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think it's... It's sad but a lot of times too we create our own marketplaces and we call them well this is the Christian marketplace where we can do all the same things but we don't have to worry about interacting with anyone who's gonna disagree with us or attack us or you know yeah. anything of that
1: nature. Which it which is why I think it's important that you know, in this situation, you don't have to be a Christian photographer to not to refuse that mm-hmm. service. You know what I'm saying? Like in the sense that you know that would that would create those little, you know, you know what I mean, like sure. those those situations like that, which um, it should be, you know, at the discretion of the business owner. Um, it seems to me uh, to be able to to say this is against conscience or not, whether that person's a Christian or whatever, sure. you know, religion they are, and so. But uh, <clears throat> anyways, the the. Latter part of this, uh, he goes on to um, talk about dignity in disagreement. Um, uh, I'll. Well, you're fighting that, John. Can I just read one quote? Yeah, yeah. That I thought was—I mean, it's right at the end.
2: So, you, John, you might have had this lined up to say. So. No, it's okay. Uh, it's just. Platt Platt has just, in one or two sentences, described what we've been trying to talk about in five minutes. He said, Moreover, in a country where our own religious liberty is increasingly limited, our suffering brothers and sisters, the Persecute Church, begging us to not let the cost of following Christ in our culture silence our faith. May we not sit back and accommodate our culture in relative comfort while they stand up and counter their culture at great cost.
0: Oh man, why'd you stop? The next part's really great too. May we realize with them that privatized Christianity is no Christianity at all, for it's practically impossible to know Christ and not proclaim Christ, to believe His Word when we read it in our homes or churches and not obey it in our communities and
1: cities.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, and may we remember with the great cloud of witnesses that's gone before us that while our citizenship belongs to a government, our souls belong to God. Oh, oh. yeah.
1: You can't just, you know, we couldn't just stop it after those two sentences. Oh, she kept going? hmm yeah. Good, good thoughts. Um, I, I don't have a whole lot left uh, yeah. here. I mean, you, I think yes, he's, we, he's just saying, you know, well, wait, Christianity
2: wait, can't be limited to, yeah, you know. And if you're, the, if you're in the workplace and you're fighting pushback against you because of your faith, remember our brothers and sisters in Christ in North Korea and Somalia, Afghanistan and Egypt and Iran who are in, in chains mm-hmm. because of their faith. Mm-hmm. And, you know, remember their courage and the cost of their pain. That's right. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, there's, there's uh, uh, much to say about suffering here, too. Goes on, the, the, the references, the scripture references are, you know, uh, we're going to talk about this one soon. The Beatitudes, uh, blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you. Mm-hmm. utter all kinds of evil against you, fall still on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. Um, that uh, um, that'll be fast we covered not too far down the road right so, yeah um, Yeah. All right, well thank you for joining us today for another episode
0: of the counterculture podcast if you have any questions or you want to talk about this any farther uh, we'd love to talk to you just send us an email our emails are on our website uh, which is new and improved in case you haven't seen it yet make sure you go and check it out uh, and until we see you again we love you and we're grateful